Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Yeah, well, just so you know, right now, um, you know, there's about 110,000 people in Los Angeles gathered at uh, the big stadium there, uh, praying, interceding. They're doing, you know, a whole day, a whole night of prayer and fasting and really believing for God to release something special. And they're doing that on the 110th anniversary of the Azusa Street outpouring, which began in Los Angeles 110 years ago, obviously, and really released Pentecostalism all over the face of the earth. And some 400, 500 million people now uh, relate to the Pentecostal movement, all because of that one little movement in a in a very old little building in Los Angeles, in a very poor setting. And so um, it's quite a significant move. It's not really what I'm going to talk about today, but I think it's really important that we watch for what's going on around the world and see the seasons and the times and take notice of these sorts of things because um, Lou Engel, who leads that, he's, he's a real prayer and inter, intercessor. And, um, and I think it's, it's just good to remember that uh, people pay a price for what we now have. And I know that when, when John Arnott's been here, I, I think, wow, what this guy's been through and the criticism he's had thrown at him by the media and by other um, you know, people. And, uh, and I think, wow, he just carries it so humbly, but he's paid a price for his whole life for carrying a stigma of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and we need to honor those who do that, who pay a price, because you know, it's, it's a big, big thing. And so I think it's exciting that um, we can see around the world God gathering all sorts of people from all sorts of streams and they're worshipping and praying. You, you can see worship concerts all over the world right now, in especially the, this, this generation right now. Worship concerts are huge. I mean, it used to be maybe a, an artist, a Christian artist would have a concert, but now it's worship um, seminars and worship settings gathering 20,000, 10,000, and they're happening all over the US and, and the UK, and, uh, and certainly Hillsong carry that a lot as well. And again, I think it's, it's worth us just taking note of these things and realizing how God's moving, what, how's he speaking, so that we can get in on that and pray in on the favor God's releasing right now. And, um, and so I think it's exciting, but yeah, you can, if you've got God TV, go home this afternoon, have a watch. I think it's still on. And uh, it does stir something. I was watching some of it this morning, and it just stirs something, and it, remind, it reminded me that, um, that prayer is critical. Prayer is critical to who we are and what we're believing God to, to do. And even this week at Outpouring Night, we, we prayed and, and really interceded over the next generation. And, and it's just significant when we release our faith and our prayers together and when we pour them out before the Lord. Um, it doesn't often happen straight away, but we're just, we're just layering upon layering upon layering the, that prayer and our belief and our faith for God to move and do something. And... Um, and uh, again, that's not really what I want to share about today, but I, I just want to keep that 
stirring, if you're, if you're getting bored or you're getting, if you've run out of ideas to pray about or your list's already fulfilled or whatever it might be, then keep going for more. Keep believing for, for what God's given you promises, what he's told you, what he's shown you. Keep believing and, and layering God with, with your prayers because he actually commands us to do that. Um, but today I, I want to talk about, um, I've titled it, Something Good is About to Happen. Um, yeah, that is the best response I've had in a long time. All right, I'm coming up with ones like that all the time. Even if I'm going to talk on repentance, I'm coming up with one like that. Um, <laughs> Romans 8.20. Funnily enough, all my references are from Romans today. I didn't really make that happen. It just happened that Romans is a really good book of the Bible, and it talks a lot about hope, a lot about faith, and a lot about the goodness of God. And so Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now this is a really regularly um, quoted verse, and you may have read it, you know, a hundred times, um, but no matter how many times you read it or hear it, the truth of this is very, very powerful. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. If you think about it in your life, and I know for myself, if I was to say that all of that stuff in my life is somehow meant to come out for good, I would say that's impossible. Or that's crazy, that's ridiculous, that must be a, a, a wrong prophet who said that proverb or whatever it might have been. But when I think about it, I think about, wow, actually... And it's funny because even last night I told Karen when I woke up, uh, I, I often have my vivid dreams in the morning time, you know, this time sort of, I don't know, three till five or something like that. So they're quite with me when I wake up. And so this morning I woke up and they oh, thank you, Jesus, that wasn't real. I was back sort of in business trials and all sorts of, you know, in your dreams they're so animated, aren't they? So um, in my head, in my dreams, it puts in all the worst case scenarios all at once and all the worst people all at once. And so it's, it's like I wake up going, oh my goodness, that was like 10 years worth of crap all squeezed into one little bit. And you get it in a zap in a couple of minutes in a dream. But anyway, so um, that's what I woke up to this morning. I wasn't really interceding and worshipping. I was trying to clear that out of my head. But it did remind me that all of that stuff that I've been through, and it's the same for you, I'm sure, if you look back over the years, the stuff that we've been through has made us who we are today. The stat, that hard stuff, that challenging stuff, when we haven't understood, maybe we felt rejected, maybe we haven't had enough money, or whatever the circumstances might have been, those exact things were the pressure points that squeezed out the diamond, that really agitated us so much that created the pearl. And so that situation, maybe some of you are in that this morning, the situation where you're just not sure how it's going to work out. Where's the solution going to come from? Where is the, 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 the white horse going to come riding in and save me on this situation? But, you know, sometimes it doesn't come when we hope it would come. I know for me that um, when, when uh, our business was sort of, when we were hitting some major challenges and we had creditors lining up and we had debt and we had projects going wrong and we had I had all sorts of disasters and I've told many stories about that but it just seemed like 
you know, pipes bursting in one place and, you know, other situations not going right. And, and it seemed like so many that, that I couldn't really contain anymore. But when I, I look back at that, it stretched me to know my, what my capacity was. And it's like that for us sometimes when we're pushed to the point of no more pushing. When we think we're going to snap, it's stretching our capacity. It's stretching our faith. It's stretching our understanding of who we really are. Because if someone had told us a year earlier that you're going to go through this, you think you're going to die. But you didn't die. You survive. And you actually learn to grow in that. You learn to learn through that. You learn to study the scriptures. I know for me... Um, One of the most fascinating things for me has been in the hard times, it's when God has tested my judgmental character the most. And I'll give you an example of that. I've told this story a few times, so I'm not ashamed to tell it again. But um, I used to, um, many, many, many moons ago, um, (laughs) I, I hope, I used to judge Joel Osteen. And I would go into Kurong Bookshop. And I would see his books and his beautiful pearly white teeth and his smile and his little stance. And I'd I'd think, oh, man, that is just, that is too much. Seriously, America, it's too much. And and I wouldn't tell anyone this, of course, but I I would be judging. And I would never say this to anyone. I would never, but in my heart, that's what's going on. I don't know about you, but if you examine your own heart, sometimes it's pretty horrible what's going on in there. And so this is why repentance is relevant today, but that's not the topic of today. Don't worry. So anyway, we hit our business challenge and we are fighting for our lives and for our business. And lo and behold, we had God TV and every night around 7, 7.30, for some reason, we'd just throw on Joel Osteen. And um, the first few nights, I've got to get past myself. And, and then uh, after about a week, I'm, I'm listening in and I'm thinking, man, that's good. Wow, that's what I need right now. How did he know I'm going through that right now and needed that situation? And then I'm watching it again. And so for literally months, months, we, we ha- we, we're like, hey, it's 7 p.m., Joel Osteen's on. And so very quickly, my trial forced out the judgmental character of me. And so God uses the trials sometimes to purify and sanctify who we are. And I know for me, it took away every bit of judgment. Now, I love the guy. I absolutely, I mean, I'd happily listen to him every day and the encouraging words and the hope and the destiny. And, and you know what? It's not like he's, he's not the savior. He's not the Messiah. There's other ministers, great ministers all around who are probably better teachers, better evangelists, but that's not his calling. And so all of a sudden, I've stripped away my own scales off my own eyes, and I can see God in that. And then I get the reward from that. I get lifted up from that. And you think about it, how many times we've actually judged someone or judged something that we actually had no idea what they've been through or what they're going through. But God then somehow in his ironic humor up in heaven makes that the point of healing. It's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? And um, I could go on, but I think I'll leave it there. Um, but there's nothing like a word in season. And for, for me and for us, that was like a real word in season. And when, when God's speaking through someone who carries hope and carries destiny and carries faith, we can receive it really well because in those times of trial, we really need it. And um, I want to give you three examples. I, I won't actually read the passages because I think it's going to take me too long. But I, I, most of you are going to know the story of Joseph but 
if it, it, Joseph would have had no idea of the promotion he was about to get by going through jail. You normally wouldn't think, let, let's put it in this context here of being a Prime Minister of Australia or the Premier of the state or some key leader. You would not think that going to Yatla prison would be the way to get and be the Premier of the state. But this is the trial that God chose to make the point of promotion. It's like completely getting buried, dying, and then being brought back to life. And God has a habit of doing this. He did this in the life of Daniel as well. He threw him in with a whole bunch of lions. And, and who, I mean, Daniel probably didn't fathom, this is going to be my great point in history where this story will be told for thousands and thousands of years and many people are going to stand in faith because of what I'm doing right now. No, he probably was like thinking, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? But that trial has led to a release of faith and belief, belief for, I don't know, how many millions of people from that one circumstance. And this is how God turns things around. He brings out our ashes and turns it into beauty, our death and turns it into life, our sickness into health. And so he's, he's a great God at bringing what we see as going down and lifting it up. Um, another one is Peter. I mean, Peter, at the point of denying Jesus Christ, the Messiah, three times, he would never have thought that that experience will shake him to the core of his very being and thrust him into being the great apostle Peter, who will be used as one of the greatest apostles of the new church, so to speak, of the New Testament church. And so whatever situation you've been through or are going through or maybe you're facing, look at it as a situation of saying, okay, God, what are you going to do through this? I don't like it. It hurts. It's confusing. I don't understand why I would have to go through this, but I'm going to look for the gems in the haystack. I'm going to look just for that tiny little glimmer of hope in the situation because that's what you need when it's getting over, when it's getting overwhelming, don't you? You need something to hang on to. You need something to hold on to. I want to give you five things today that I think, these are not really five points, they're five facts, okay? Because I have found that when I'm going through the tough time and can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel or the door opening or whatever it, it is for you, um, I've found that perspective is one of the greatest um, doors to well, blockages to the enemy okay because the enemy often uses our situation and he'll bombard us he'll bombard us how bad is this you're never going to get out of debt you're never going to see the finale of this situation you're never going to get a settlement on that law suit you're never going to have a breakthrough in that relationship you're never going to be good enough you're never going to be recognized these are all the enemy's voice and when we recognize him we can block him and I think that one thing for me is perspective really helps. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is that we can often think, oh, no, I haven't got this. I haven't got what that person's got. And we begin to self-doubt. We begin to put ourselves down. Here's five things that are going to make you feel amazing today, okay? Nearly half, well, in one way amazing, you're going to have compassion. But on the other side, you are a multi, multi-millionaire and extremely blessed, all right? Nearly half the world's population, more than 3 billion people, live on less than $2.50 a day. Can you believe that? 
3 billion people, $2.50 a day. 805 million people worldwide do not have enough food to eat. More than 750 million people lack adequate access to clean drinking water. This sounds like a compassion seminar, doesn't it? Hey, come on, Andrew, you could give us some more facts. Quarter of all humans live without electricity. That's about 1.6 billion people. If we go home today and if we have food and we have clean water and we have more than $2 a day and we have some food to eat, we are literal millionaires compared with half of the world. And when we get perspective and when we realize that, wow, it's not so bad. Things are not as bad as they seem. I I remember having a saying, I know this is is not a great faith thing, but I remember uh, when we were going through some stuff and um, that that someone saying to me, a business advisor saying to me, hey, things are never as good as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. And, you know, I found that to be true, even though I love the good things and we celebrate the good things. Um, but things are not as bad as they seem. Things, things can, um, God can always turn these things around. Here's one last one. 80% of the world population lives on less than $10 a day. When we summarize all this and when we look at it in perspective, the enemy can't get to us as much because we can always say to him, hang on, hang on, I've got a roof over my head. I've got some family connection around me. I've got people I know that love me. I've got a great church, phenomenal pastor. I've got amazing setting that, that I live in. And, um, you know, it's, it, there's so many things that we've got to rejoice him for and thank him for. And, and I mean, it just is endless, isn't it? But these kind of things bring perspective and they wash away the doubts and the fears, and the negativity. If you're finding yourself today, maybe your mind's getting caught up in negativity, or maybe there's people who influence you in a way that's negative, then it's a good thing to get some perspective and say, hang on, there's so many more people. I don't need to listen to this. There's so many more people worse off than me. I am a king. I am a queen. I am so blessed. And when we build that up in ourselves, we begin to walk like that and talk like that and believe like that. And I believe that's the key that really walked Joseph and Daniel and guys like Peter through these dark periods is seeing the perspective of God. When we have heaven's perspective, it changes everything. And um, Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. Now, in a lot of versions, instead of kindness, it actually says, not realizing that God's goodness leads you toward repentance. And I just did a little study and looked up that word, the Greek word, and it can mean either kindness or goodness, and there's many other words in and around that. So it's his goodness that takes us through the period of repentance and brings us out into sanctification, brings us out into holiness, brings us out into his will and his plan. Um, The fruits of the Spirit, there's nine of them. One of them is goodness. So actually, we are going to emanate goodness even in the trials if we're bearing fruit of the Spirit. And there's many others, isn't there? But Romans chapter 5, verse 5, this really summarizes everything I'm saying today. Romans 5, verse 5, is four words. Hope does not disappoint. And so often we can, um, we can lose hope. We can get distracted. We can get disappointed. 
and we can maybe start to try and do things on our own strength or work things out ourselves. And many, many burnt out Christians or disgruntled Christians, uh, they lose hope in the church, they lose hope in leaders, they lose hope in, in the structure and the system. But if the structure and the system is what held us there in the first place, then our relationship with Jesus comes into question. It's our relationship with him that keeps us bonded to the family. Because who, who of us in, in, in our family can look upon our family and reject our family if things aren't organized in the house the way we want it? None of us would normally do that. Why? Because we're family. And so when we see the church of God as a family of God, as 1 Corinthians 12 explains and talks about so well, then all of a sudden we realize that we can't divorce one another because we're the same blood. We have his blood flowing through us. And when we have his blood flowing through us, we have to get over our issues with one another. And this is one of the greatest attacks of the enemy is upon the body of Christ. It was upon the body of Christ on the cross too. Remember that? It was on his body. The whippings, the lashings, the spitting, the spear, the thorns. Everything was upon his body. And it's what he's still doing today. He's trying to bring destruction to his body, Jesus' body, which we are his body. It looks, the same, it looks different and it doesn't sound the same and it's all, all, almost in um, very um, covert ways. But it's the same spirit. It's the same enemy. And when we recognize him, we can come against him in unity. We can come against him in strength. And Romans 5 says, hope does not disappoint. And this is why we pray. This is why we believe for great things. This is why we believe for our city to be saved, our nation, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon Australia and upon our region. And it's exciting because we hang on to hope. Hope does not disappoint. It doesn't matter what hope we have. If it's from him, it will not disappoint you. It doesn't matter how many people have said various things or maybe said, oh, that's never going to happen or you're not good enough or you don't quite stack up or, you know, and we can often then walk in rejection for a long, long time, walk in rejection. But then when we get our oneness with him and we get our oneness with who he is, and it might be a big journey through the desert, through the wilderness, around and around and around, but then somehow he works all those things together and he brings them together and he brings out the goal. He brings out the treasure and his purpose has come about. And I know that for us, if, if we gave up hope in, in our lives at various times, then we would fall short of seeing what God's really got. And God has an incredible plan for every single one of us sitting here today. You know, that's the good news really of the gospel is that none of us are left out. There's not one person left out of the will of God. It's easy in this world full of materialism and superstars and Hollywood and everything to, to really feel kind of left out sometimes. And, um, you know, I follow The Rock on Instagram and I think he's awesome. Um, but he, um, you know, I mean, he's got so many followers, it's phenomenal. And you can often look at this guy, he's like six foot 500 and he's, you know, he's muscly and everything. You can look and go, wow, he's just got everything all together. And, but God looks at him exactly the same way he looks at you and it's the same with any other person there is no comparisons there is no small men there is no big men there is no there is no disparity between the body of Christ he looks at us all the same and his will is that all of us are drawn into the fullness of his destiny that he has for us and 
you know, his heart is that not one would miss out. Not one would miss out. So that every single person in this room would rise to what God has called you to, what he's given you. And, um, and I shared uh, at Mum and Dad's church last week on, in the afternoon that we've really come to see in the last three or four years that the fullness of destiny in, in what we're seeing often comes through the family, the kingdom family that God has released. Because he has released a blessing upon us, his people. And if we look at ourselves as the body of Christ, it's not just one person, it's the body of Christ. We often say that, the body of Christ, but think about it. It's the physical body of Jesus Christ made manifest here on earth. It's amazing, isn't it? And remember what the body of Christ did when he was on earth? He healed people. The body of Christ is called to heal people. He bought redemption. He bought hope. And he bought destiny. So we can sometimes uh, make it like there's some separation. There's no separation. The body of Christ is here this morning. His blood, his power, his redemption, his healing, his life, his hope, and every good thing that Jesus released when he was on earth, he then released by his Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And so through that family, through that kingdom family, which sometimes Sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't work, but it's the way God set things up. I, I've said, I think in the last couple of weeks, I'm reading through Genesis again and going back through and I'm reading and it, it's, it's really astounding me again how much God operates through family. He started with family, Adam and Eve. He then wiped everyone out again and he started again with Noah's family. Then he continued on in Abram's family, and he continues in a lineage of family. And it's still the way he does it today. Now, we may not all be from the same tribe, but we're from the kingdom family of God, which is his body. And this is the great hope that we have. And that's why when we connect, when we unify, when we love one another, when we teach one another and, and raise one another up, we can see the fullness of this destiny. We can see the fullness of of what he wants for us. I want us to stand this morning and I want to pray and thank you. I know that was short, but it's all I had, all right? So <laughs> Close your eyes and grab hands to the person next to you. Lord, we thank you today for this person who stands next to us. And Lord, we unite with them, we connect with them. We ask that you would move by your Holy Spirit in, in this body, in this body, which is your body, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor for everything good. We pray for anyone struggling today, anyone who's going through trials, anyone who's facing some mountains, anyone who's struggling in whatever area it might be. We ask for financial breakthrough today. We ask for relational breakthrough today. We ask for health to be released today. We ask for destiny and life and hope to be returned. And Lord, we ask for any who have had hope deferred that today would be a day of breakthrough. Today would be a day of releasing the goodness of God. Releasing the goodness of God. 
And Lord, we pray and we prophesy today that something good is about to happen. And we speak that over ourselves. We speak that over the person on our right and on our left, that something good is about to happen, even through the trials, that you're going to release something good, something powerful, something life-changing. Lord, that in your mysterious ways, you would stir hope and faith with a fresh vigor in us to believe for more, to see more, to stand for more, and to receive more. And Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you'd move upon us. We ask that you'd move upon us. Holy Spirit, that any who are weary, any who are tired, any who have let go, Lord, we ask that you would come right now and that you would fill them afresh. Fill them afresh with the mighty wind of the Spirit to refresh and revive and enliven and bring hope again where there is no hope. And Lord, we we just receive that right now. We receive that right now. We receive that right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness and your power for breakthrough. Something good is going to happen. Something good is about to happen. Something surprising is about to happen in Jesus' name. We look to you, Lord. We look to you, Lord. We look to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.